Welcome to the podcast, Life Lessons from Travels Off the Beaten Path. Hi, my name is Justine Murray, and I'm also known as Lighter Step Justine, as we strive to step lightly across the earth and only leave footprints. This podcast is about the life lessons I've learned as a traveler, particularly when I decided to step off the beaten path. Mostly this occurred in the non-digital era when there was no internet or mobile phones. My sometimes bizarre and always unforgettable adventures around the globe, often as a solo woman traveller, gave me great insight into living a fulfilled life, blessed with all my senses, to enjoy the wonders the world has to offer. From wildlife encounters, to midnight crashes, to dodging stalkers and trekking with tribes, to travelling with a child and around work commitments. I will entertain you with my stories and what each adventure has taught me, along with some general travel and life wisdom along the way. I also will be bringing in other travellers who can captivate us with their own travel stories and the life lessons they have learned. So tune in to me each week and let's get entertained with travel. It is my honour to introduce one of my great friends and fellow globetrotters, Jackie Eastlake. Now I met Jackie on an overland truck through Africa and we hit it off straight away. Now, Jackie's been my partner in crime when we took off after the boat ride down the Congo and we uh, posed as missionaries and we went and saw gorillas and um, absolutely had a wonderful time going through East Africa. Now, Jackie went off the truck south um, once we hit Kenya and she became one of the leaders. And since then, she's had many adventures around the globe. So... Welcome, Jackie. It's so great for you to be here at this very early hour uh, of the morning for you. I think, is it Sunday for you, Sunday morning? Sunday morning. It's shortly after six o'clock. Whoa. Okay. Um, So I'm very thankful that you can spare this time to talk to me and join our podcast on Travels Off the Beaten Path. All right. My pleasure. Thank you. So... I want us to start off by just, um, if you could just give a brief intro to yourself and tell us a bit about yourself. Right. Uh, Well, obviously I'm a Brit um, and I have spent uh, some considerable time uh, over the years trying to find find the meaning of life as we all have. And that's involved several different careers. Um, I'm on my third career now. I'm teaching now. Um, And I have, uh, in between the careers, I have taken off and done travelling. Hence, um, some of the longer trips that I've done over the years. And um, uh, what got me into teaching was my last big trip, I would say, when I did a a round-the-world trip. Um, and I was away for exactly a year and I largely visited people I knew. Um, but um, that showed to me that I wanted to continue traveling or have the option to continue traveling. Therefore, I did a teaching qualification and went and worked in Asia, chiefly China and Hong Kong. Um, in my not quite youth, extended youth period, um, I've decided that I needed to come back to the UK um, and uh, for a variety of uh, personal reasons. 
And in doing that, I've, the easiest thing was to go into teaching in the UK, which has been uh, an eye-opening experience, to say the least, as it is around the world. I know in Australia it's a, it's a pain in the arse too. Um, it, certainly, it certainly is in the UK. And I've recently, um, sort of three, four years ago, moved into the special, uh, special needs sector. Oh, so I now teach in a yes, it's special needs school. And uh, the school that I work in, um, the kids have profound disabilities. Um, our young people will never live independently in society. Mm-hmm. Um, in my current class, uh, I would say two thirds of the class um, are non-verbal or non-functionally verbal um, and, and have behavioural issues behavioral issues that are a threat to themselves and also to the wider community um so it's very challenging but mm. highly rewarding and the really good point is the the um marking isn't onerous at all because there's no marking at all um so that's one of, one of the reasons for a switch um, uh, yeah i was gonna say very challenging if they're non-verbal mm. yeah yeah Definitely. Wow. But it, it is amazing. And actually, this links quite nicely to travel, as I'm sure you will remember, you know, uh, when you're traveling in places where you don't speak the, ling- uh, the lingo, um, it's amazing how much you can understand yes. and be understood. Yes. Uh, so it's, yes. It's, it's all the same skills, you know. Exactly, uh, um, Jackie. I, I remember traveling through West Africa with you and uh, the only language that they spoke was beside their native language is French. And I didn't have a clue. And if it wasn't for you, just trying <laughs> your French, just trying to get through. But, you know, you, you still were able to through sign language and, uh, um, you know, the, beyond the, the obvious, you know, bonjour, savoir and things like that, mm. you know, you still were able to get your message across. And uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had exactly the same when I was in South America. I spent nine months plus in South America, um, the year or so after Africa. Yeah. And when I went there, I, my knowledge of Spanish was quite quite literally the same as your knowledge of French, virtually. Um, and by the time I'd finished, uh, the person I was travelling with refused point blank to use any language. Um, and... Um, and so, obviously, by the time I'd finished nine months plus on the uh, end of it, um, and the, at least the last month was on my own, my Spanish was was passable. I mean, it's not great, but it's passable, certainly. <laughs> or it was then. Nice. So it yeah. is amazing how you can you know, understand. And, and then again, of course, um, living and working in uh, mainland China and Hong Kong. I mean, my, my Mandarin is, is not great. And I always thought Mandarin was an extremely difficult language to learn with the four different tones until I went to Hong Kong and found that Cantonese has nine different tones <laughs> and I can't hear any of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. don't think about that. And then I have heard that, that that's um, depending where you are in mainland China. Uh, that's right. It's the variety in the language and the um, you know, you, you, if you learn Chinese, are you, are you actually learning the right dialect and the, 
I, I just couldn't imagine. I well, Mand- yeah. Mandarin is pretty standardised um, okay. because that was one of the one of the things that, of course, Mao did. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and the characters are it's slightly simplified relative to the uh, Cantonese in, in Hong Kong. And I would suggest that considering the world overview and various changes that are going on currently in Hong Kong, it may well become less Cantonese and more Mandarin um, okay. and, and far less English learnt over there. But um, yeah, um, it's, it's a, a very, very interesting how we can all communicate. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, so what was your most treasured travel memory? Uh, this, I found this one the most difficult of the questions, actually, um, mainly because it's all treasured, um, yeah. provide, provided, of course, I can remember anything, which is another difficult thing. Um, I think probably my most treasured memory would be the wonderful variety of peoples that I've met and interacted with over the years um cultures peoples etc um and and really having the opportunity to go and visit friends and acquaintances that I've made over the years I mean I've done it to you um and you are not alone um I I can I can also remember being on a, a the ferry between um, the two islands, uh, North and South Island of New Zealand, yeah. and getting chatting to someone. I mean, I, you know, I was a forty-year-old woman, um, so I was no threat to anybody. And and I was chatting to a couple, and they said, "Oh, da, 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 we live in Nelson. It's beautiful. You should come and visit." Yeah. And uh, and they, you know, gave me their phone number. Um, and I said, don't give me this unless you actually want me to turn up, because I will. And needless to say, three weeks later, I did. Um, and I, I stayed overnight. I think I stayed two nights. Oh, uh, took They took me, the, the husband took me out walking, uh, you know, beautiful yeah. areas of, of, of Nelson. And yeah, it's, I mean, the, the people and the, and the people that I've, I've uh, come into contact with over the years, there's a, another lady who I met in Boston um, and we were both do, being doing the tourist thing in Boston. And needless to say, we went to the Mother Goose grave in Boston that everyone goes to. We met, we got chatting. She's a Samoan lady who now lives abs- uh, up north in a, um, an indigenous community um, uh, in Australia. She used oh, to be in okay. Okay. It's yeah, a very yeah, interesting yeah. woman. Actually, you'd like her, um, and um, she runs this community for the indigenous peoples up there. Um, and um, it, she, she and I travelled round for the day, had a fantastic um, clam chowder lunch and all that sort of thing. You know, with the the things that you do in Boston, and that was at the beginning of my round world trip. Um, and um, she said, well, I'm, I'm going back to Perth, you know, look me up. And needless to say, <sighs> nine months later, or well, more than nine months later, actually on my 40th birthday, no less. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I turned up on her doorstep, um, and I've seen her since. So, you know, over oh, here fantastic. and over there. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic, the, the peoples that you meet. 
and and the opportunity I've had to look people up as well yeah, um, yeah. which which I think is great I mean yourself included um so, yeah we yeah. went do you remember we went chasing rock wallabies you remember that <laughs> yeah and there I am hanging off a cliff thinking what am I doing <laughs> and do you remember the snake day do you, do you remember, I'll never forget oh, that day. day yeah <laughs> my my intensive snake snake bite tuition and can you drive this four by four no, not really. No, that blew me away that you couldn't drive and I hadn't even thought about that. It's like, yeah, what happens if, if someone gets bitten by a snake? It's just for people, we went to a site. I was um, studying rock wallabies. We went to a site and um, we'd been warned that this was, there was a lot of snakes at this site. We didn't believe it. There's snakes everywhere in Australia. You don't worry about it. Uh, seriously, I've never seen anything like it. Was like it was early in the morning, though, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we it, always it went early in the morning. Yeah, it was early in the morning, yeah. But under every bush was a red belly snake uh, and they're obviously dangerous and um, I have never seen it there were so many and do you remember the one that actually leapt up at us and that's yeah, their and actual mechanism oh thank god um, you jumped back too because that's um that's their their one of their mechanisms of they don't really want to bite it's just to frighten you uh, to go away and it, it worked we went <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's what we did. I ended up doing that site from the top later but anyway um oh, the, I, I can now drive by the way don't worry I've got a car I can drive okay, don't worry. <laughs> okay. so um I totally agree with you there Jackie uh the amount of people you meet when you're traveling especially if you're traveling alone people tend to be much more open to to um, talk to you, to invite you to places. I, I mean, the you know, I had a wonderful time when I was on the truck in Africa. But as soon as I got off my own, the oh, the, the world opened up to me, and I had so many people invite me. Oh no, 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 you can't travel by yourself. Um, oh, we're worried about you. Come on, come with us, and uh, we'll look after you. And it's like the the hospitality out in the country, not not cities, but in, in a country where people are much more relaxed and will open the door and offer you a cup of tea or something like this. This is. <laughs> I've found that worldwide myself that um, if you're traveling by yourself and you're, you know, a little bit off the beaten track, people really, uh, A, want to, want to get to know you and are really happy that you've made that effort to get off that tourist trail but and, and find out about the countries. Um, but also they, they are concerned of your safety, so they will go out of their way to help you. Um, yeah, so... I totally agree in the amount of people you meet. And, and I've had now, especially with internet or friends or all over the world as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, just, yeah. just one sure. thing I was going to say, which you may or may not agree with. I found that when I've traveled on my own as a slightly older individual, so not like the 18, 19, 25 year old, yep. I found that that's even more opening to all sorts of people because, uh, you know, you, as a woman who is 30 plus, 40, whatever, you are no, you're seen as no threat to anybody. So yes. couples will talk to you, singles will talk to you, you know, anyone will talk to you, whether you like it or not, sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah. People have always said to, me, uh, said to me, oh, well, don't you get lonely when you're traveling on your own? And, and I've said, no, I don't. And I'm sure you're the same. I, I said, not only do I not get lonely, I actually on occasions book into a hotel room just so that I am alone <laughs> yeah, rather true. than being hostile. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah sometimes, uh, especially as you get older, sometimes you do want that, that little bit of space 
Uh, because, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I find that in nature, um, but I'm, I'm sure you have your special spaces as well, uh, which is really important. Okay, so, um, so what has been the most valuable life lesson you have got from traveling? Um, we're thinking about this, I think that it's probably um, it applies to a lot of my travels, but. It most obvious um, uh, later on, um, and it's perseverance, and and with perseverance you can achieve anything. You know, it, it might take you might take a few steps back. You might might have to restart. It may take longer than you originally intended, but you can achieve it. And Fantastic. my example, yeah, my example of that is I actually did Kilimanjaro in 2009 oh wow uh, okay yeah and um uh justin you will back me up i am i'm not known for my fitness fanaticism <laughs> yes. and, okay. uh, and that hasn't changed okay um so um but i mean i did a little bit of training um yeah. but um it was a hard slog i did it with my sister um, and um, she is and was um, uh, a much much fitter individual. She happens to also be somewhat younger too. Um, but um, she's so the she, one doing the marathon today. The she's marathon. the one doing the marathon. Okay. She's, All right, she's so we've got her eight yeah. years younger. Yeah, yeah. So it was in celebration of her fortieth birthday, uh, okay. or the the year oh. that she was forty. And yeah. so I was, for, I was forty eight actually at the time. I think. Um, anyway, we did it and we deliberately did a slightly longer route. There are many routes up Killy and you, you need to do it through um, yeah. uh, through a company and through guides, etc. which is, uh, I mean, A, it's for safety. B, it's, uh, it supports the local economy. You know, it's for sure. vital for them. Um, and we took six days to go up and two days to go down. And the reason we took six days to go up was that there was one particular day that we went up to, I think it was 4,000 metres, maybe 4,900 4, metres. But then we came back down to 3,900 to sleep. So we had a sort of day, an extra day acclimatising mm. to negate the effects of um, yeah. uh, mountain sickness. Yeah, okay. How did and, you cope yeah. with that? Sorry, how did you how did you cope with the um the acclimatization of going, um you know above a certain level? It's it was I mean I've I've had uh, some um, mountain sickness uh, altitude sickness previously in South America and okay. uh, you know I, I remember being in uh, Potassi in Bolivia, which is I think four thousand eight hundred meters, um and and I was I was I was quite high for some some weeks. But I was nauseous, headaches, very much off my food and not sleeping particularly well, all of which are classic symptoms. Um, I mean, I, I did acclimatise and, and that was fine. But, you know, I, so I was a, a aware of it. But, uh, but altitude sickness, of course, is something that uh, it doesn't matter whether you've, you've had it before or you've never had it again. It, it's a one, you know, it can happen any time. Mm-hmm. And of course, it is fatal or it can be fatal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we we had taken some particular uh, recommended medication that can alleviate some okay. of the symptoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Do you remember and, the name of them, of that? No, I, I can't. Yeah. I wish I could. My sister's a paramedic. She'd remember. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. That, it doesn't stick <laughs> yeah. in my brain, that sort of thing. I just take it, you know. Sure. Um, and, but we, we were okay. We still did suffer yep. with disturbed sleep and not great appetites. Um, uh, but, you know, we, we, we did it. The last day, and this, I think I've never walked for as long as I did on that last day, because what we did was you, you go to the base camp, and I think that was something like three hours, and we got there about 11 o'clock or something, or 10.30, something in the morning. You then rested for the rest of the day, and in an ideal world, you'd have slept, and then set off for the summit at about 11 o'clock at night yeah so that you reach the summit yeah yeah and that's the idea I mean I've done that on Mount Kinabalu as well that's you know um anyway so you do that but of course you are at altitude um and you are literally just placing one foot in front of the other in the dark freezing cold your water freezes I had water you know it was frozen like this you have a mars bar and you you're breaking it in half because it's frozen solid <laughs> and, oh, and, in africa it's really yes, hard to imagine uh, yeah <laughs> on the yeah, equator basically you can't imagine it when you think yeah. of a few days earlier and you're down in the tropics you know yeah. in, the, in the jungle and and, and things uh, and then you get to the top and you, you're you get to the plateau and you're sort of making make final summit and you see the wonderful glaciers and the beautiful colours of the glaciers, um, and um, it, which is obviously it's 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 a it's a fantastic achievement. And we had also seen various people along the way who didn't make it for one reason or another, oh. you know, shipped down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, just what an achievement! Wow, fantastic achievement. So you get up there, sort of. 6 6 30 you take your obligatory photos um and and then you're coming down and coming down and you set straight off coming down and I I think I spent it felt like anyway I spent three hours going down on scree and scree is not mm. kind to your knees no. um uh, mm. at all um and then you get back to base camp you have something to eat and then you carry on and mm, so okay. on that day, you've, you've walked through the night and then you finally finish. I think we finished that day at the camp uh, about four o'clock in the afternoon. So we've been, wow. we've been walking 15 hours. Yeah. Um, Exhausting. Four o'clock in the afternoon, ate something and then just crashed <laughs> out. You know, we were like, yeah. dead. <laughs> uh, sure. But yeah, it, it, just, it just shows you can do anything. Um, or at least I believe you can do anything. Um, it's it's just a matter of persevering. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that exactly. I I love that, Jackie. Um, I I feel the same. Is you know, you, there should be nothing stopping you if you put the effort in if you put the uh the work in it may take a while it may not happen overnight you may have setbacks but if you just keep going I did that all with my um you know my academic career um that just came out of nowhere and uh, I mean I failed school 
and uh, mm. and then suddenly they are here I am as a scientist uh, mm. and uh, you know just all these things that's exactly right and, and now my, this, this new career that I'm doing with um, coaching and all that where'd that come from it's just step step by step uh, and this mm. leads to the next question which um, uh, I think it's 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 quite related and that is how has it changed your life it's 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 really difficult to quantify and I'm sure you you've found the same when setting you know when setting that question or deciding on that question um I think that it's it's made me the person that I am today um you know I definitely think it has done that um it's 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 formed it's enabled me to do a huge amount of things that I might never have thought I would do um and and I've certainly um traveled to more places than an awful lot of people I know um and uh, I did uh, you I don't know whether you've done this but it'd be interesting to do I did once count up how many uh countries I'd been to and it was I think it was 98 wow yeah you've you've done a lot more than I have yeah Um, yeah but but think about it I've done the South America thing and you haven't done that no hopefully Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah okay there's there's 195 or 205 exactly exactly no I'm exactly saying I've actually pinpointed um a couple of years ago Google had a um this thing called trip trip uh trip journal or something like this and you're able to pinpoint uh, where you've been so I actually mapped out my whole traveling from when I left Australia all the way through and I, I basically except for South America uh obviously um Russia and and mm. that area India um yeah and I've pretty much covered everything <laughs> so there's you know yeah. all, all those areas so um yeah so South America is definitely on my list to do I'm hoping you know if after all COVID dies down and you know everything goes back to normal and we get our trip that we plan to Antarctica uh mm. it goes from South America it goes from uh, the bottom of Argentina so um, I'm hoping to add Punteranas. yes so, <laughs> um so I'm I'm obviously hoping to add in the South American trip in that time that I'm over there. Uh, but that's right. I, I haven't done, I've been to China, but I've only done a couple of things in China. I, you, you know, but, you know, you lived there and, and, and it's not, you know, I was there for uh, probably a week. I was there with the snow on the Great Wall of China. I was, that, was a, that was a brilliant experience for me to say, oh my gosh, no, but you lived mm. there and you um, experienced mm. it. And, you know, I experienced it. For I was only in um, Beijing for a few days, and the I remember the the smog killed me. Uh, I could hardly mm. breathe because I come from the country. You know, I, I live in the country where there's you know fresh air, and I'm so I'm not used to it. And mm. I don't know how those people survive in it because it made me sick. I had a headache. I had, um, I you know it it was horrible. And that was I was only there for three days. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's got, I mean, China has got so many of the mega cities, as have a lot of Asia, actually. 
you know, KL, yeah. Singapore. Well, Singapore's not uh, not um, um, you know as as uh, as polluted, but uh, but certainly you know various other places. Are, it, it's amazing. Hong Kong has changed in the time. I mean, I was there. I was I lived in Hong Kong two o three to two o nine, so six years, and it changed in that time. And I know I've been back since then, and it's got worse. Mm. um you know it's uh yeah it's it's just it's just hideous you saying about china yes i've done a, a reasonable amount of china but i've never actually been to the beijing uh the wall in, in beijing oh really I've never got that far. no wow no. I up, okay i went up to went up to uh xian and i've been to uh shanghai and i i i did a 24-hour train through yeah. from guangzhou to, Shang, to shanghai and i stopped at suzhou and wuhan and various yeah, places and i've done uh yeah xian and then a two-day train back down to guangzhou and of course i was living in shenzhen which is uh, on the uh border um but uh yeah, I mean, I, I, for whatever reasons, I never got to go uh, to. Oh, that's um, still Beijing. time. There's still time. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, Russia, Russia's on my list as well. I want yeah. to do the Trans Siberia. Oh, wouldn't that be the, nice? Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, yeah. I don't know how I'm doing it or when I'm doing it, but I'm doing oh, it. Oh well, let me know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Anyway, um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just make one very quick. I remember when I, I, I think it was um. Did you say Wuhan? I think I was I was there. Wuhan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was flying up to Beijing, and I remember um, they had some technical difficulties with the plane, and they you know they they talked in Chinese or whatever Mandarin whatever it is, um, and then um, and then their English one was this plane will not fly, and then that was it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what does that mean? Do we get off or do we? <laughs> <laughs> and it did have sat there for an hour after this plane will not fly. And, <laughs> and I just never ever think I thought that was the funniest thing ever because you, you know, we're just stuck on this budget plane um without any because because obviously they did not cater. I think I myself and one other person in the whole plane were, were European descent. The rest was um obviously uh from mainland China. And uh yeah, anyway, anyway. All right, so let's um last question. Uh what makes you f- feel inspired? Oh, um it's, I think it's it's a combination of several different things. Um the the natural beauty of the world. Um, you know, uh, over in your your and your, your continent, you know, the painted desert, um, uh, and going through the Flinders Range and things, um, yeah, that that sort of thing. Going across the Sahara, I know you've talked about it in your um, uh, podcast, but the beauty of the desert, you know, it's uh, until you're there for a substantial amount of time, I don't think you can appreciate it. Um, you know wildernesses and in in South America you'll see when you go um, uh, you know doing treks obviously there's the Machu Picchu that everybody does and is is very sort of you know gringo orientated uh, on the 
trail but there are so many other uh, uh trails that you can do i i did one for i think it was i i did the circuit of torres del pine down in um chile okay. The, okay. right down south of chile um and um and we did the whole circuit that was coming up to when they closed it so there was snow and things just amazing you know just fantastic so the natural beauty but on top of that I also love and you'll appreciate this having been to uh, Europe and things I love architecture as well linked with with history Uh, there is nothing better for me than a, a, a short city break to somewhere that I've never been um I, I took I took uh, five of my nieces and nephews a year or two ago to Berlin. I'd never been to okay. Berlin. Mm. None of them had. And um, it, it was a fantastic experience. Um, it was lovely to see the sort of uh, youth hosteling experience through their eyes as well. There were two 17-year-olds, two 16-year-olds and a 15-year-old. Um, and yours truthfully, all in a, a dorm. <laughs> Um, and their, their one big issue about it was uh, they didn't they didn't mind the fact that they were slumming in the youth hostel and their auntie had had intent it, it had pre-booked them be- breakfast so they all got out of bed. Um, but their big big issue was that there weren't enough sockets to charge their phones in. <laughs> um, I know. Go figure. I know how uh, much has it changed? How much has it changed? Um, and yeah, so that sort of thing, I mean, I'm changing, slightly changing subject, but linked. When I went to South America, um, I was traveling with, with a guy uh, for most of it. And we had pre, because it was 95, we pre-arranged post-restaurant addresses for communication. So we had six. Um, and there was certainly one period of time uh, where I missed a post-restaurant. So I didn't have any communication whatsoever from friends and family for well over three months. Oh, and wow. nowadays, that is unheard of. Exactly, yeah. Yep. You know, I was on budget. I didn't have the money to be phoning. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, and yeah, you just, and emails, I think emails were just beginning, but I didn't have an account. Yep. You wouldn't have been able to find it anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the, the opportunities and the, the history of the places, the, the, the architecture of buildings. I've got a hankering to do the history, a, a history of architecture qualification, if I can afford it when I retire. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Like, yeah. Like you, I, I, I didn't do, I, I, I didn't flunk school not completely anyway, but I didn't do brilliantly. Um, and uh, I didn't go and complete a degree until I was in my mid thirties. Mm. So after, uh, yeah, after our trip, actually, after the yeah. South America. And Same. After, yeah. yeah. So I, I went yeah. and did it. And like, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't go quite as far as you have. Dear. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I've done another couple of post-grad qualifications, but yeah. you know, um, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't do that as a youngster. Um, you know, they say uh, education and travel are wasted on the young, don't they? Uh, um, oh, I, tell me about it. Exactly. I, I've, <laughs> I've taken my daughter to uh, a number of countries and she's lived there. Uh, like she lived in Canada for a year. She's been to South Africa. She's been to Singapore. She's been to Tokyo. Um, 
and um, she doesn't remember anything of it. <laughs> and and I'm just like, what exactly? So I, when people talk about it, I say, oh, don't, don't worry. <laughs> Until they're at least six, don't worry, they're not going to remember anything. You know, she remembers silly little things that could happen anywhere in the world. But uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I'm very big. I, I have to admit, I'm not a person that that oohs and ahs over all the churches and all that. I mean, I love to look at them and see them, and I've done that. But what blew my mind was, um, you know, I had been to Egypt, uh, but when I went, when I was in Central America, and this is what you would have seen in South America, so I saw the Mayan um, cities in Central America, and they were not just one little pyramid. They were, you know, square kilometres of cities built out of this jungle and mm. and absolutely brilliant, you know, with all the um, uh, plumbing and the, oh, absolutely amazing stuff. And that blew my oh. mind because it wasn't just put it flat in a desert. It was, um, which which is amazing in itself. <laughs> I'm yeah. wrong. But um, if you ever, ever know anything about, uh, I know from being in Australia and um, in, we live in subtropical climate here and the, you can't with any rain you can't stop things growing and taking over that you know you turn mm. your back and it's growing again now there this is um tropical uh jungles out there and they built cities in it and and kept mm. it somehow and and that that blew my mind i used to go there i, I traveled all the way through guatemala mexico and um, belize and um and i used to just sit on these these sites and just absorb and just think mm. wow and just imagine um i also did an episode uh on the digital era from from when we traveled where there was nothing to nowadays <laughs> and um with the so I, I can't think i think that was number 10 actually uh but that's right exactly that it was um these days you know when we went through africa they they were lucky to have a phone one phone in the village and they, they had no yeah. electricity no nothing but from my research in doing these podcasts, I found that the people will, everyone now has a phone. They don't have electricity mm. though. So they actually no. have to go to someone's place and pay money to charge their phone. And sometimes they have to go somewhere like four hours away, but that doesn't matter. They've got a phone. And it's yeah. just crazy. You, so you yeah. can imagine, and that's what I think about now because I haven't been back. I've been to South Africa a few times, but I haven't been anywhere else. Mm. But um so to have all those phones, they have to have um, cell towers everywhere. So that whole yeah. landscape would have now have towers everywhere. And it's yeah. just, it's, yeah, it's, so, yeah. anyway, some strange yeah. I, I agree with you completely about um, uh, Central America, because when I did South America, I also did Central. So I flew into Buenos Aires and I flew out of Mexico City. So I ah, went all the way down okay. and then back oh, nice. up. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, one of the things that I would have liked to have done but didn't was to go through the Darien Gap, you know, from Colombia up to Panama, but I okay. couldn't go through it. It was it, it's it's always been very shady, um, and we couldn't get through it. We we ended up on a very peculiar boat that, to be honest, must have been um, a, a cover for drug smuggling. Anyway, we went went that way. Um, but yeah, yeah, they, doesn't they, surprise they, me, Jackie. About, <laughs> the thing about places like Coban and Tikal is that yeah. they are all, they're still discovering. They, there was a, a, something on the, the TV recently and they'd used a, a drone of some sort okay. with obviously um, x-raying, I mean, I'm not technical, 
some mechanism or yeah. where they yeah that, that, that's it and they could map out the the cities and wow. uh and get a better understanding yeah. of of the cultures and the size of the cities and the interconnectedness yeah. and how some of them were forged together as groups of cities but others had created walls to prevent okay. invasion oh fantastic fa- yeah exactly and this is you know yeah. how how long ago was this that they, they were creating this and now i mean yes we've got the wonderful technology mm. now but this you know oh it blows my mind anyway it, it, yeah yeah <laughs> all right so we, we've been chatting a bit here um all right so now we're up to our quick round as we uh, wrap up the podcast you ready <laughs> now um, oh, Jackie, so. <laughs> Jackie has uh I did send the original questions but she does not know what the quick round are so this the idea is for you to just get you know whatever's on top of your head just to um fire away so question one what has been your favorite country uh uh can't answer that because um it changes um it, it, i can tell you one or two that i didn't like but i can okay. favorites it, it does it does it really does change depending on what mood i'm in or what okay. i'm identifying yep. with at that time so yeah sorry <laughs> that's all right well, give, can you give us a um a top five I could probably give you a top five, yeah. yeah. Um, I love uh, Borneo. Okay. Absolutely fabulous. Um, go there, anyone. It's, it does all sorts of things. Wonderfully tropical. Fabulous food. Fantastic diving. Uh, scuba diving, world-class scuba diving. Um, I adore New Zealand. Um, uh, it's a shame it's such a long way from everywhere else. Um, I also love France um, and that's because I've spent a lot of time there over the years I've got some very good friends there I'm still in touch with my French exchange Justine Um, (laughs) I've known her longer than I've known you Um, and um, what else I adored Mexico too that was that was lovely and Chile actually Chile was fantastic um that's probably five yeah all right all right there's some there's some countries there that i have to check out if they're um if they're your recommendations obviously new zealand i to me that's just like another state (laughs) of australia Uh, um, it's not it's very different from australia oh it is different but it's just like we we are very similar people wise um yeah my my dream is to actually retire over there i would love that because we can't it's same um, yeah yeah, we're, we, yeah we can use it lots of New Zealanders come to Australia and that's my dream to go over there uh yeah. it's too hot here in Australia now but anyway all right so next question uh if you could sum up some of your life lessons into one sentence what would it be well I've sort of covered it but um basically uh keep persevering towards your goal whatever your goal may be fantastic okay what was your worst mistake while traveling who uh there have been a few (laughs) (laughs) there have been a few um very nearly got lost um 
actually when we were in Coban um, and that was because we went off the trail it was coming up to dusk and we kept walking and we kept walking and then the dusk was coming down and the howler monkeys were starting and it was getting a little bit concerning um, and of course we hadn't followed a route so in order to retrace our, tra uh, our tracks, which is what we ended up doing, um, it was uh, it was necessary to sort of turn around and look for where we had broken branches and things oh, like gosh. that. Wow. Um, and of course, we didn't have a torch. We didn't have a lot of supplies. <laughs> not, not the prepared. Um, <laughs> not prepared. No, not prepared. <laughs> Um, oh. So that was that was one of the one of the uh, the dicey ones. Um, uh, what was another one that I, I did a mistake? Um, uh, no, I can't. I can't think of any other particularly. Okay. Uh, I mean, there are there are one or two other things. Uh, well, there's one one of course that comes to mind that you will remember. Uh, accepting a suite from somebody on a on a um, uh, on a bus yes. between uh, uh, Kampala and uh, and uh, Nairobi. That, uh, uh, although that said, I think put in the same situation after what we've been through on the truck and things. Um, exactly. I think I would still do the same anyway. Probably. Yeah, if you, uh, I covered that in uh, in one of the most recent episodes and exactly and that's what I said that because we had just come through West and Central Africa where we actually tried to immerse ourselves in everyone we met and it was actually considered rude if we did not accept um, what was offered to us because and and people just open you know open their doors in a manner of speaking and and just say come in and, and join our dinner or come in and 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 you know, let's let's um, you know, have a beer and have that. And so we we did so much of that stuff, didn't we? Uh, mm. Where and that's right. So we were in that mindset, and that's what I mentioned in this podcast. So when we came to East Africa, where there was a lot more tourists uh, than what we had been dealing with, and so there was a lot more people that were, that are a lot more aware of tourists and tourists and tourists that were not great at you know they were flashing their money and flashing their mm. everything that they had so so um for the people who were struggling and, and there's a lot of people struggling in, in Kenya and Uganda and that it was just a it was and unfortunately they possibly could not get decent work on that and that was one of the ways they found easy pickings and because you sat by yourself um, mm. and I learned when I after that uh, that was a big wake-up call for me as well because mm. um once I started going off by myself uh I had some of the most wonderful adventures, but I was always cautious and, mm. and always made sure, you know, you had to trust your intuition underneath of how, um, what this person was after before you accept anything. And, but the same thing, it could happen to any of us. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to know. Uh, well, uh, you, you remember I had to do that same bus journey back two weeks later on my own. Oh, did you? Um, oh, I can't, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you'd already okay. gone off by then. Mm. So I had to do it on my own. And when I went to book the, the bus, um, the ticket, I insisted that I sat next to a woman. Ah. And they said, we can't do that. We can't do that. And I said, well, you can do that. And I explained that I'd been drugged on their bus two weeks earlier. <laughs> and, you know, that that was what I was going to do. 
um, and they booked me next to a woman because I'd never heard uh, at that time, I'd never heard of a woman doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But uh, anyway, yeah. But lit, I was a bit nervous on that. But, mm. Yeah, <laughs> you probably didn't sleep all the whole trip. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's a shame. But but it's, it's it's exactly it's just something that that happens. And um, you know, I, I've had things that happen. You myself. have to mi- minimize the risk. You yes. have to minimize any risk. Um, yeah, but you cannot. You can't remove risk completely no. from life it's just no. impossible well that's right you wouldn't uh, leave your house if if you were um, worried you know you can you've got more chance of being hit by a, a car or something like this so um mm. uh, again and I, I say that a lot in my in in my um episodes it always seems to be things going wrong and, <laughs> and us trying to get uh sort of it but so like yeah so be careful be careful be careful but still get out there and enjoy yourself just just yeah exactly minimize the risk yeah okay so next question is um what is the next country you would like to explore i think you might have already answered this but um i might have done yes and i'm trying to remember what i said Mm. (laughs) um uh i would like to i would like to go to russia um that's what you said (laughs) it's that's that's it it's 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 part of that that section in the baltics i haven't really done i mean i've been to norway i've been to sweden and and, uh and denmark and things but i've never done finland i've never done the estonias um latvias and lithuanias of this world and russia um and i really would like and mongolia actually um so that section and I've never been to either of the Arctics, so I'm very jealous yeah. about your planned trip. Well, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I would really like to do the, those. Um, and and I, there's so much more of China I'd like to see. There's more of Asia. Um, uh, I'd like to do some more diving. Um, and I'm a bit I'm a bit wussy about uh water it's got to be really about 24 25 degrees before i want to die you know it's sort of nice bath oh what if i you're british what are you talking about anything you're joking i wouldn't, I wouldn't dive in the, in british water it's too bloody cold oh, i didn't wow. learn over here yeah okay <laughs> all right so lastly the fifth question is what's the best piece of advice you would give our listeners wanting to travel do it yes that's it really Mm. um don't don't put it off constantly because life gets in the way um do it um you know uh it, it, it it will you will never regret it i i i have yet to find anyone and I've met a lot of people um, who's ever regretted their travels. Um, yeah, no, fantastic. Do it. Yeah, I and agree. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's amazing from 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 what I've now I'm digging up my travels, uh, how much things have changed, how much uh, countries just close and do not accept people. And regardless of COVID, let's you know take COVID yeah. off the table for the moment uh, because of internal conflict uh like mm. the, the stuff we've gone through africa uh 
half those countries you cannot travel through anymore because mm. of um, internal wars. And uh, so in other places I've heard from travellers themselves that from what we saw how long ago, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it's completely mm. changed with, with, with the tourism, with mobile phones, with, um, you know, now you've got internet cafes everywhere and all that. So can you imagine? So what we saw 20, 30 years ago and 20, 30 years from now how much is going to change even more so that's right if you keep putting it off things are just going to keep changing or they're just not going to exist so i totally yeah. agree and um, my previous interviewer uh kim she said exactly the same thing just do it so <laughs> that's what travelers have got a like mind you see just do it just get out there and then share share your travels with everyone yeah. to inspire others to do it so, Jackie, thank you so much for being part of my podcast, uh, by being, doing this interview in this uh, very early morning, on a Sunday morning. Um, I hope that the questions weren't too uh, strenuous for you uh, or tedious. Um, and, yeah, um, I'll have this up and live uh, by next week. Uh, and... Um, fantastic thank you so much for sharing your memories and your lessons in traveling off the beaten path here's to the next trip russia <laughs> yes yes we'll join we'll join okay like always i want to leave you with a thought to consider what is your environmental and cultural footprint when you travel how are you showing up to the country and the culture you are showing up with to make a better interaction for all concerned. Leaving the environment as you found it. Reducing your impact on local resources and cultures to come out with such a positive outlook for both the local population and environment and yourself. Okay, please follow my podcast if you're enjoying what you are hearing and share it to others so they too may be inspired. I will catch you next time.